This podcast is a presentation of UCTV.TV, University of California Television. Like what you learn? Help others discover UCTV podcasts by leaving a comment or rating in iTunes. Well, hi, everyone. Welcome to the Stein Institute for Research on Aging monthly public lecture series. My name is Luz Pinto, and I'm a research manager at the Stein Institute for Research on Aging, uh, where our mission is to advance lifelong health and well-being through research, training, and outreach. And this public lecture is an example of our outreach efforts. We have been offering these lectures, I believe, for over 25 years, um, and we've been doing so for free, luckily. Um, If you want to learn more about our work, you can visit our website. It's aging.ucsd.edu. Now, today I was granted the privilege of introducing our guest speaker, uh, Dr. Kimberly Bell. So let me tell you a little bit about her. Dr. Bell is co-chair of San Diego Fall Prevention Task Force and San Diego County of Aging and Independent Services Public Health Champion of 2011. She earned her master's and doctorate degree um, in physical therapy from the University of Maryland, Baltimore. She has been a licensed physical therapist since 2002 and practices right here in San Diego, California, where she specializes in consultation and treatment of patients with dizziness, vertigo, imbalance, incontinence, foot neuropathy, as well as unexplained repeated falls. Quite fittingly, uh, for tonight, she has prepared a wonderful talk entitled Taking Steps to Prevent Falls. So please join me in giving a warm welcome to Dr. Kimberly Bell. So beautiful to see all of you here tonight. Thank you so much for taking the time to make it here. I know there was a lot of traffic getting here. It may have been a little stressful for some of you. So I hope that you get some value out of this talk. And I appreciate the beautiful introduction by Luce. I've been working in San Diego County. I just passed my 10-year anniversary of living in this county and working as a physical therapist. And the entire time, the absolute focus of my career has been working with uh, older adults that are having unexplained repeated falls, making house calls, and now I've expanded my private practice to include people of all ages that are suffering with dizziness, vertigo and imbalance or unexplained repeated falls. And what I've discovered is that this is actually a global problem. So we in San Diego are some of the pioneers to the global solutions of fall prevention. And I hope that this sparks some interest in you tonight to get involved and to take action for yourself or your loved ones so that we as a community can help solve this problem. This is my mission to reduce the falls and their devastating consequences for the residents of San Diego County. And within the last year and a half, this mission has now expanded to be a national mission and and apparently a global mission as well. So this is where it all started. We as a fall prevention task force in San Diego, which is a partnership between the public health segment of San Diego and the private health care providers in San Diego. And I've been providing co-chair leadership to that task force since 2008. So uh, I think I'm coming up on seven years of providing clinical leadership to that group, and six of those years as a co-chair. That's why I'm here with you tonight. And the question is, why should you care about this? You're out there living a beautiful life. You've finally made it to the finish line, which I've got my eye on, which is retirement. 
And now why should you care about this? Why can't you just go enjoy yourselves and enjoy your retirement without being here tonight to hear this? Why do you care? Why are you here right now? Let me hear your answers. Call it out. I've taken a nosedive once or twice. I don't want to do it again. And I don't want to do it again. Well said. I think that's good enough, huh? Yeah, I actually got the news recently that one of my dear friends and mentors in this community who's owned a few physical therapy clinics in this community, and he's in his 60s, he just took a fall and took a header through a wall. And he got a traumatic brain injury and was not able to return to work and had to sell his physical therapy clinics. So it's just devastating. Um, it's affecting our, our, the residents of our community. It's affecting the health care providers of our community. It affects all of us. I want to tell you why I care. The reason why I care is because I have a lot of the problems we're going to talk about tonight. I have problems with my balance. I have problems with dizziness because I was born with inner ear problems, vestibular problems, and I didn't realize it until the last few years what was happening to me. And I've been living in a, a state of having difficulty with balancing, having unexplained falls, just randomly. And uh, I've sought out the best care and the most information that I could find to empower myself, to improve my life and improve my balance. As well, I, um, my current nuclear family is me and my grandparents. And I'm very involved with their lives. We've been very close for the last 10 years. And I've seen them go through a lot of the things I'm going to share with you tonight. And it's very near and dear to my heart, both with my family and with my personal life. So that's why I care, and it's sort of is good, convenient that I'm a physical therapist, so I had a position to figure this out. Um, here's some other reasons why you might want to care. And if you want a lot of statistics on falls, I really encourage you to go to the CDC website, cdc.gov, the Centers for Disease Control and Prevention. They have, that's sort of the bank of statistics on this that we can draw from. I've just selected a few here for you tonight. One of the statistics is that a third, one out of three people over 65, report falling every year. So if you just kind of look to your right and look to your left, do it, go ahead, and just sit with the, sit with the reality that one of you is probably going to fall within the next year. That's a big deal. And now 50% of those who fall, fall again within six months. So it starts a cycle of a decline in mobility, a fear of falling, and ultimately a deterioration in your quality of life that I want to help all of you avoid. My grandparents and I agree that the best way for them to leave me is for them to die peacefully in their sleep. And I'm really hoping that they don't sustain any more falls or fall-related injuries uh, if, we can, if we can help it by following the tips I'm going to share with you tonight. Also, 50% is the number of people over 85 I'm sorry, the number of people over 80, I believe, that fall every year. It's either 80 or 85. I apologize. I'm not clear on that right now. But as you can see, the, the point is that as you're getting older, the risk of falling is getting more. And 20 to 30% of those who fall will sustain moderate to severe injuries that will prevent them from ever returning home or living alone again. The loss of independence is devastating. The impact on your family your children, your grandchildren, it's devastating. Falls are the number one reason people call 911 for an injury if you're over 65. Falls are the number one reason people end up living in a nursing home. The number one reason for hip fracture, brain injury, and I could go on and on. You can see the problem. This comes from an effort from the CDC called the Steady Toolkit that they released. 
They want to stop elderly accidents, deaths, and injuries, so they did a major campaign to support fall prevention efforts that we've integrated into our work here in San Diego, and I'll tell you about that a little bit later. So if, ever, if an older adult dies every 20 minutes from a fall in this country, and we're going to be together tonight for about 90 minutes, you can do the math. This is an urgent problem. This is not anything to sleep on and to wait for. Because of the statistics, the first fall really needs to be a wake-up call. It's time to do something, to take some action. And the first thing we always recommend, if you do nothing, if you don't want to do everything I'm talking about tonight, and you only do, want to do one thing, is to talk to your doctor. Let your doctor know that you fell. Let your doctor know if you got injured. Even if you didn't have to call 911, even if you didn't have to go to the emergency room, let them know you fell, because that needs to trigger a series of interventions that they might want to do for you. Also, let somebody know if you're afraid of falling. Let your doctor know if you're afraid of falling. Because fear of falling is associated with a reduced quality of life. And some really brilliant researchers in Pittsburgh that work for Susan Whitney have discovered that fear of falling actually creates predictable changes in your walking pattern. You don't swing your arms as much, you don't twist your trunk as much, you're not as confident, and that allows people to then have less stability from side to side. So if you're walking really slow, you're more likely to tip over. You're not swinging your arms, you're more likely to tip over. And so um, that's why fear of falling needs to be addressed. Once you talk to your doctor about this, the doctor may do a fall risk screen or may refer you to some other specialists for further evaluation. And if it turns out that you are indeed at risk of falling, they'll do the screening to determine that, and they'll talk with you. If you have any fear of falling, though, it would be recommended for you to move past the screening point and just move right into a full assessment. Dr. Mary Tanetti, has anyone heard of her? Some people? Okay. She's what we can kind of consider the godmother of modern fall prevention. She was publishing articles on this while I was uh, just beginning my career back in 2002. And what she discovered, she does a lot of work in the state of Connecticut. What she discovered is that there are some risk factors for falls that we can't do anything about, like older age, that's one, and then a history of falls. That predisposes people to future falls, and there's nothing we can do about that. But there are things we can do, and that's the message I'm here to bring you today, is a message of hope. I want you to know that most falls are preventable and that there are things you can do starting today, starting tomorrow, to reduce your risk. This information I'm about to share with you, there's a lot to it and there's a lot more depth to it than the amount I'm able to share with you tonight because of the time frame that we have. But I'm here to offer this information to you in whatever way I can. So if that means a follow-up lecture or some way you want to let me know, I can create podcasts for you or videos. Whatever you feel you would like to receive the information, please let me know, because I'd like this to be the beginning of a conversation we're having, but not the totality of our conversation on this. So some treatable risk factors for falls that we're going to talk about tonight are problems with walking and balancing, problems with blood pressure, medications. Now, this says four or more medications, but the new research is saying any medications put people at risk for falling. Foot problems and unsafe footwear, visual problems, and environmental hazards. 
Does that seem about right to you? This is what she found. These are modifiable fall risk factors. These are examples. What she also found is that when you intervene on more than one risk factor for an individual, the impact on reducing the fall risk is exponential. So it's not a directly proportional relationship. When you intervene on multiple risk factors, there's an exponential reduction in fall risk. And that's because a lot of the risk factors we're going to talk about, and you'll see, they all intertwine with each other. They really kind of trigger each other. And this is also why I believe in our healthcare system today, there's no one provider that's going to give you the ultimate solution of how to prevent falling. Because there may be different reasons that are contributing to falls that need to be addressed by multiple providers. But certainly one provider could do the full assessment that you need and make recommendations. And that's part of what I do. So when we look at the modifiable fall risk factors, and my understanding from the invitation I got was that you wanted to know some research, you wanted to know some tips, and then you wanted to hear some, some um, stories of some patients and like some impact that these have had on patients' lives. So that's what I have prepared for you. The first area that we're going to look at are what are called um, medical management recommendations. So there's medical management, there's home and environmental safety, and then there's balance and mobility. Those are the three primary areas that we're going to look at tonight. And dizziness, the reason I put this first, does anybody know? It's the most prominent. That's my perspective as well. Yes, dizziness is the number one reason people over 75 consult with their doctor. They go to the doctor because they're dizzy. And this is where I feel as a healthcare system, we are missing the boat. That's why I've made this the focus of my career. And I already proposed to uh, the Stein Center that I can come back and do a lecture for you specifically on dizziness. But that's not going to be the focus tonight. The point on dizziness that I want to make for you now is that if you are having dizziness, I want you to keep seeking medical attention from different providers until you get the answers you need about what's causing it. The average person with dizziness sees four or five different doctors before they get an adequate diagnosis. And the people that see me, the people that fly here from other countries to see me, have seen 25, 40, 55 doctors before they get to me. Okay, And that's why I specialize in this. This is the focus that I have. Because dizziness involves usually multiple organ systems if it has multiple causes. And in our Western medical model, we've broken the organ systems apart. And that's, I think, why dizzy patients are falling through the cracks right now. And I'm, I'm building a safety net. So I'll be back to talk to you about that more. How do you think medications contribute to falls? Side effects. Side effects, yes. <laughs> and in older adults... The ability to metabolize drugs and clear them from your body is, is slow, slowed down. And what that means is that the undesirable effects of the medications, the side effects, because remember, medications don't just affect the one organ system they're targeted for. They affect all the cells in your body. And so the undesirable effects that create the side effects last longer in older adults. Some side effects commonly from medications that cause falls include, what do you say? Dizziness, drowsiness, blurry vision, muscle weakness, problems with impaired hearing. Medication side effects can cause problems with blood pressure. That's a big deal. Can cause irregular heart rate and all kinds of things. So 
It's really important, especially now that senior that older adults are taking, I think it's an average of 29 medications per person that's on medications. It's something like that. It's an extremely high number. Um, I would recommend for all of you to take your list of medications to your doctor or to a pharmacist and ask them to review your medications for you. I actually, since this is more um, in the area of, of physicians, I actually put together uh, some notes for you that I wanted to make sure to read about medications. One study found that when people are discharged from a nursing home, 90% of nursing home discharges have at least one medication error. And that includes either duplicative therapy, omitted medications, or contraindications. And that having someone review your medications when you come home from a facility can reduce the 78% reduction in the risk of death. Over an 18-year period from 1992 to 2010, prescription drug spending per older adult grew 400%, 403%. The average number of prescriptions per older adult, excuse me, I was wrong about the 29, it grew from 19.6 in 1992 to 28.5 in 2010. That's the average number of prescriptions per elderly, and 84 to 90% of older adults in the U.S. are taking at least one prescription medication. So this right here is a big deal. I feel this is an area where we as a community can make a lot of impact on reducing falls. I think this is where our physicians can really help us. And you want to also consider not just your over-the-counter medications, but also supplements and vitamins and prescriptions, injections, eye drops, creams. Everything needs to be considered when we look at this because when they enter your body, they all go through your metabolism. Another medical management recommendation is to partner with your doctor to learn to manage your chronic health conditions. That's what I've had to do to learn how to manage my migraines and my inner ear condition. So what types of chronic health conditions can you think of that can contribute to falls? Arthritis. Arthritis, because you're going to walk a little differently when you have pain. What else? Diabetes. Diabetes, yes. Say it again. Stroke, if you've had a stroke, yes. People, especially after they've had a stroke, are at extremely high risk of falls. Absolutely. What other? Yeah. Nerve damage, peripheral neuropathy, absolutely. So as you can see, almost all chronic conditions have at least one uh, factor regarding the impact on falls. And what I would recommend if you are living with a chronic condition is to look at this website, healthierlivingsd.org. We have in San Diego a fantastic health promotion unit that works for the Health and Human Services Agency, and they have programs that are evidence-based, healthier living with diabetes, and how to manage chronic health conditions. They're free, and they're for people of any age. So this is a big thing that we're offering here in San Diego, and I really encourage you to take a look, healthierlivingsd.org, to learn to manage your chronic health conditions to reduce fall risk. So depression is a risk factor for falls. Why is that? Because you're preoccupied. Sure, your mind isn't in. Your mind has got its own thing going on. Yeah, you're distracted by your thoughts. Maybe. Sure. Did this fatigue is is one of the symptoms of depression? Yes. Lack of exercise. Lack of That's really the big thing that I see is people that are having depression um, are not taking care of themselves. They're not exercising. They're not getting up, walking, socializing. 
And so it's really important if, if you are starting to notice as you age that you're feeling down or depressed or hopeless or you're losing interest in your activities that you do, talk to your doctor or someone you trust. And I just want to mention here that um, in studies they have shown that placebo is just as effective as antidepressant in older adults. And antidepressants do contribute to falls in older adults. So what I would encourage you to do is talk to your doctor about your options. But, but also consider there are other things that are proven to help depression, like mental health counseling, support groups, laughter, exercise, socializing. There's a lot of things you can do to reduce and alleviate symptoms of depression um, beyond medication, but I definitely encourage you to talk to your doctor because what I see in my work as a vestibular therapist is that when people um, are less active, they also start to get more dizzy. They start to feel dizzy because they're not moving their head as much and their brain isn't processing their balance as well. So the depression is a risk factor for falls because of the lack of mobility. Yeah. Now, anxiety. Anxiety is one of the most common mental health issues in America. How do you think anxiety might contribute to falls? Blood pressure, yeah, your blood pressure's up. And really just a general lack of ability to focus. So when people are very anxious, they're usually kind of scattered in their attention, and they're not, they're, they're not doing one thing at a time. They're trying to do a lot of things at once. And one of the things we know is a normal change with aging is the ability to what we call dual task, or do more than one thing at a time, is, is reduced in the aging process. And people are still trying to do more than one thing at a time because that's what they've always done. Like, I'm going to walk and talk on my phone and pick up my groceries all at the same time, right? But when we get older, we can't do that anymore. We can't do that anymore. We need to take our time, focus on what we're doing, try to do one thing at a time. And actually, what I've learned in, in reading teachings from this particular world leader who... Um, this particular world leader, Thich Nhat Hanh, he was nominated for a Nobel Peace Prize. January 25th, 1967, Martin Luther King Jr. wrote the letter to nominate this man for a Peace Prize. And uh, this man, Thich Nhat Hanh, he's written over 100 books on how to smile, breathe, and go slowly. So if you in your retirement are interested in enjoying walking, breathing, and sitting a little bit more, and slowing down and enjoying your life, He's, a, he's an interesting teacher that I encourage you to consider because when you have anxiety, it does um, cause you to not be able to focus, not be able to make good choices, and then you're more likely to um, have your attention scattered and all of a sudden you're on the ground. I've actually uh, found these teachings to be very helpful for myself because I suffer from uh, severe anxiety and uh, I've been able to manage it now with these teachings very well. The other thing with... Um, Preventing falls is the diet. So how does diet have anything to do with falling? Overweight. Sure, if you eat too much and you're overweight, definitely being overweight or obese can definitely cause you to have problems with your equilibrium. Yeah? The balance of acid alkaline. The balance of acid alkaline. Right. Very good. Banana peels. <laughs> I think that was a joke. Okay, so go ahead. 
preservation of eyesight. Oh, that's a good idea. I, you know, I haven't thought about that before. But yeah, your healthy diet preserves your eyesight. Your healthy diet also preserves your muscle mass and your bones and your skin and everything that you need to replenish. Some things I see particularly about this related to falls are that older adults, typically if they have limited access to food or limited resources, I'm seeing them eat a lot of frozen dinners and canned foods with the high sodium content. That's making their blood pressure go up, okay? And that can contribute to falls because of dizziness. So we need to make sure that our older adults have access to good food with low sodium and whatever they need, basically, to meet their nutritional requirements. What about, what about drinking? How does that have anything to do with falls? <laughs> I'm hearing you laugh, which means I think you, you're already thinking about alcohol. Is that right? Okay. So how does alcohol contribute to falls? It mixes with medications, exactly. Alcohol inter interacts with, with medications. Alcohol also impairs your balance. And the other thing with regards to drinking is with water. Not alcohol, but just water. So it's a normal change with aging for people to have a reduced sensation in thirst. That's considered normal. So you might not drink as much, and then you might get dizzy, right? Or your blood pressure might get low. So it's really important to talk to your doctor about what kind of diet and how much water you should drink. If you're not sure or you asked your doctor and you didn't really get a good answer, I'd like to direct you to this resource right here, which is a book that just came out within the last month or two. This was written by my doctor. Her name is Dr. Colreet Chaudhry. She's a neurologist practicing right here in San Diego, and she wrote a book on um, diet basically to support nervous system health. So she's a neurologist, but this is a diet book. So it's to support the nervous system. And the reason I think that this is a value for those of you who don't have any direction about your diet is because she's done a lot of clinical trials and a lot of studies, and she's seen her patients with neurological conditions have a reversal in MS, a reversal in neuropathy, a reversal in dizziness with this diet. And that right there can reduce fall risk. So. Um, certainly follow whatever recommendations your doctor gives you for yourself. But if you're, if you're sort of without direction, I direct you here. Can you spell her name? Yes, her name is Kulreet Chaudhry, K-U-L-R-E-E-T. And then Chaudhry, C-H-A-U-D-H-A-R-Y. And the name of the book is called The Prime. The Prime. The thing I love about this book is that she's connecting our digestion with the state of our brain and our nervous system, which for me ultimately was how I've learned how to live a better life and heal myself from the issues that I've had. Whoa. So obviously I didn't want to put a person up here for this slide. Uh, so incontinence, leaking bladder, that's a big problem. That contributes to falls. How is that? Getting up a lot during the Yes, getting up at night to go to the bathroom. That's a big deal. Also, people just stand up if they urinate. They slip and fall on the floor on the urine puddle. Or um, they might be rushing to the bathroom, and so they forget to use their walker. Or they are so embarrassed that they have accidents that they don't want to drink anything, and then they get dehydrated. So there's a lot of reasons why it's good to talk to your doctor if you're having bladder problems or to seek out alternatives like physical therapy for bladder retraining because a lot of the medications given for um, bladder
bladder control do have undesirable long-term side effects. So with my patients, I usually recommend them to take that medication only short-term if they need it, but to start exercises for their bladder retraining to get their... Um, so that they're not having emptying of their bladder when they don't want to, and they don't feel like they have to rush to the toilet or get up so many times at night. I've seen this in both men and women, and especially in men that have prostate enlargement or a history of prostate removal. And it's very embarrassing, obviously. No one wants to talk about this. That's why I put an animal up here, not a person, for this slide. But the best way you can check in with yourself to see if this is something that might need to be addressed for you to reduce your fall risk is to ask yourself how many times you're getting up at night to go to the bathroom. And if it's more than once, then you might be needing some bladder retraining. We already had a comment in the back, a very intelligent comment about how the diet can support the health of our vision. And it is recommended to reduce fall risk that you get your vision checked regularly. There are normal changes to the eye with aging. And there's also eye diseases that are the most common in people over 65. So it's recommended to have your vision checked. I do want to make a mention here that bifocal lenses and multifocal lenses have been attributed to falls, especially on curbed steps and inclines. And I just had a lady that I met this year who had been dizzy for seven years, but only when she walked uphill. But her cardiac testing was fine, so no one could figure out what was wrong with her. And I was able to figure out it started when she got her progressive lenses. And once she switched her glasses, her dizziness went away. It's amazing. The other thing is to get, it, get feet checked regularly. A lot of people don't ask a healthcare provider to look at their feet. But I would suggest next time you're at your doctor or with any healthcare provider, just ask them to take a look at your feet and check your circulation at the very least. Because there are changes to the feet with aging like a reduced uh, blood flow to the skin, and um, they call that vascularity of the dermis. And then there's reduced sensation and vibration. There's changes that can occur with normal aging that may, you may want to address in some way. The way that I've invented to address this, and this is not an evidence-based recommendation, this is just my uh, creation with uh, my partnership with some of my colleagues, is what we call a bean box for peripheral neuropathy, works very well, and uh, maybe I'll talk more about that when I come back for another lecture on dizziness and balance that's focused specifically on that. Now, a foot rub for reducing falls. How could this possibly help someone prevent falling? Improve their circulation. Yes, it's well known that the benefits of massage are to improve circulation. So this is an example of where I begin to deviate from just the traditional medical model. So the way that I practice, I'm a healer, and I heal people with vertigo and dizziness and balance problems because I've had to heal myself, and now I'm in a position to heal other people. But if I only focused on what they're doing in the Western medical model, then... Um, I won't get as good of results as I get with my patients. So I'm looking at the whole big picture globally of what's offered around the world, and that's what I'm integrating into my practice. I will tell you that there's also a body of knowledge from our partners in Asia that talk about how a good foot rub massages every organ of the body. It's called reflexology, it's Chinese medicine. And they, I looked into this to prepare for the talk tonight, and there is some weak evidence on this right now. It's not the type of uh, intense study design that we desire 
usually, but what the initial studies on reflexology are showing is that it does um, have positive effect on the nervous system. It can help cardiovascular system, blood sugar, and all those chronic health conditions that we know can contribute to falls. Also, as was said in the front, it can help just bring better circulation to your feet, and that's a big way that we balance when we're walking. What type of footwear do you think is appropriate for preventing falls? No heels. No heels. So they say low heel height. Yes, yes. And what else? No flip-flops. Yeah, no slip-ons and slip-offs. I know it. I know it. It's, you think, ah, I don't want to do it. But hey, look right, look left. You know, maybe don't wear your flip-flops. I don't know. Um, it's, it might be worth it to think about selecting proper footwear if you're really dedicated to addressing every risk factor, right? That's what we talked about, the exponential impact of addressing risk factors. You don't want to slip on your flip-flop and go, why did I wear that today? So we've just looked at medical management. I've talked about a lot of different things related to medical management that cause falls. Now we're going to move into the home safety piece, and then I'm going to tell you about balance and mobility and what we offer here in San Diego County. In San Diego County, we have a senior falls report. And the thing that caught my attention the most out of it is to know that most falls occur on the same level, on a level surface, slipping or tripping inside your own home. So I've been working on this home safety checklist for you for about 13 years. And it's fully ripened, I think, at this point. So I sent copies of it to Maya at UCSD, and she'll somehow distribute copies to you at some point. We'll get that to you. Uh, this is also available on my website. Um, if you go on my website, betterbalanceinlife.com, and click on private patients and caregivers, I have a copy to my home safety checklist for you there. We are not able to cover everything on that checklist tonight, but I'm going to hit on some highlights for you. And what I would encourage you to do with this checklist, once you get a copy, is to just ask for your spouse or your children or your neighbor or your friend to go over it with you, to look through your home, and to figure out if there's anything in your home that you can do to reduce your risk of falling. So a couple key tips are to keep the walkways clear. One of the things that we know is a normal change with aging in older adults is a slowing of balance reactions. When they trip, they're less likely to be able to catch themselves before they fall. So we want to try to keep the walkways clear. Electrical cords, clutter, grandchildren, pets. That's a big thing, right? So the recommendation is to crate or gate your pets, especially small pets. They're great for reducing depression and anxiety and helping cardiovascularly, but they can get in the way and they can cause slipping or tripping on a level surface inside your own home. Now, bathroom safety. What recommendations do you already know of for making the bathroom more safe? Handrails. Hand what else? Grab, grab bars and handrails are the same thing. Uh-huh. What else? Non-skid surface. Oh, yeah, maybe remove the tub so you don't have to step over the tub and make a walk-in that's a level. Sure. Contrasting tile. Okay, contrasting tile so you know when you're changing from outside the bathroom to inside the bathroom. Sure, so there's a lot of ideas. 
Now, there are some simple ones that are not that expensive, which you can probably just achieve by going to a local pharmacy, which is to get a shower chair or a um, tub bench, if you're not able to modify your tub, a handheld shower, and to sit down in the shower. So a lot of people fall trying to stand up in the shower or leaning forward or leaning backwards to wash their hair. So a non-skid floor, a chair, a handheld shower, grab bars, and then a raised toilet seat is very helpful. On the home safety checklist I'm providing to you, I have more recommendations for the bathroom. The lighting, very important. As I mentioned, there are normal changes to vision with aging, which require more light than we used to need to see the same things. And especially walking to the bathroom at night, it's important to make sure there's adequate lighting. What types of lights do you already have in place to light your way to the bathroom at night? Night lights. Some people have motion-activated lights. Some people have a little bed stand that they can tap, like a tap light. So there's different ideas. I met one lady that had a headlamp because she had to use a walker. So she, kept, she put a headlamp. She would use that. So, hey, whatever works for you. Now, the question is, do you really need to do any of these changes to your home? I meet a lot of people that say, I only fell once and I wasn't really hurt that badly, so I don't really need to do anything. And those are people that are in denial of the limitations of their balance, and they're unaware of the information you're receiving tonight. So I encourage you, if you hear any of your friends saying this or you're saying this, to share with them some things you've learned. This is my grandfather, Bill Thurston. This is him. He was my model for some of my training manuals, so he's modeling here how to walk with a cane and a walker. But these are his. This is his cane and his walker. And he has a wheelchair also in his garage that he keeps hanging up on the wall. And he's an, uh, an electrical engineer. He's had a very successful career, but he didn't know anything about fall prevention when he retired. But he's come around to hear me speak like this probably close to 50 times, so he actually deferred coming tonight because he said he already knew everything I was going to say. <laughs> And what he says when we, uh, when we get together and we talk about the importance of keeping the cane around in case he's having a tough day or keeping the walker in case he has dizziness or anything, he says to me in a very engineer-type way, I am 94 years old now. It seems logical. What is that? Completely logical that I might need a cane or a walker. So I encourage you to think of it that way. I know some people, when they refuse to use an assistive device, it puts a lot of stress and strain on the family and the caregivers. So using an assisted device is one of the home safety recommendations um, that, that might help. And then, of course, planning how you're going to call for help. Some people wear pendants around their neck. Some people wear the wrist buttons. Some people keep a cell phone in their pocket. Some people keep a phone on a table that they can reach from the floor. But there needs to be a plan, an emergency plan, in place. Because even if you don't get injured from a fall, just the time you spend lying on the floor can be devastating to your muscles. Your muscles start to lose muscle mass and uh, break down just from being stuck there. Arrange for appropriate supervision. So we know that people with cognitive impairment are the really high risk of falls, extremely high risk of falls. And they need supervision to even have a chance, really, to reduce their fall risk. And even that is limited, because there's not a lot of interventions that have been proven um, to really be consistent for people with cognitive impairment. So just make sure to 
arrange for appropriate supervision if your loved ones are starting to have difficulty caring for themselves. And on this point, I just want to let you know that the state of California has implemented new guidelines for home care agencies as of this month, January 2016. So if you have a private duty caregiver already, you might want to check with them and make sure they're uh, following the new regulations, that they are indeed going to be a legitimate home care agency in California. So we've talked about medical management. That was perhaps the most complex part. We talked about home safety and environmental safety. That seemed to be kind of like a review for a lot of you. And now we're going to talk about balance and mobility, which is really, uh, which is really where I think physical therapists in our healthcare model do really well with their impact on reducing falls. The main message is move it or lose it. It's pretty simple, right? So a lot of people think when they retire, they're just going to be sedentary and relax. I would encourage you, if you're in retirement, to consider your physical fitness to be the focus of your schedule and to be the thing that you plan everything else around. That's really your job now, is to figure out how you're going to exercise, stay active. And also, the, the research is showing it's not just about muscles, but it's also about head motion. You've got to keep your head moving. Exercise alone is an effective intervention to prevent falls. This is a big deal, because it's really the only standalone intervention we've identified so far. So what that means is, if everything else I already said seems like too much, and you're going, ah, I don't know where to start, just start with this. Just exercise. Some way. They say that individually prescribed exercise programs like those given by a physical therapist or a personal trainer, those can reduce falls. And group fitness programs that focus on strength, balance, flexibility, or endurance, as long as the group class has at least two out of those four components, it is going to reduce the falls. This is also a way to, to help combat depression with aging, is to use the exercise as your social outlet. Find a buddy, find a friend, make a friend. Go to class and make a new friend. Figure some, find someone to walk with or someone you can work out with. Make that your social time also. That way you'll be more likely to be compliant with your workout program. One thing I want to mention here as you see this picture is that brisk walking and strength training alone have not been shown to um, reduce falls if that's the only thing you do. If you only do walking or you only do strength training, it's not going to make a reduction in falls. If you do those things along with balance training or you do some kind of uh, group class or exercise program that involves multiple components of fitness, then that will reduce the risk of falls. Also, there is some controversy right now as to whether brisk walking is recommended for people with osteoporosis and balance problems. Um, so if you do have osteoporosis, then you might want to talk to your doctor about that or your physical therapist before you start a walking program. So this is where we start getting into what you can do to exercise, what options are out there for you. This man is a, a Swiss composer. He's a pianist. And when he was alive, he created a method of movement to music, eurythmics, they call it. And this has been pioneered now in Switzerland for older adults for preventing falls, how to move with music. This was originally created as a way of training students in music and dance. But now we've extrapolated this to older adults 
And in Switzerland, what they found was that long-term practitioners of this had the ability to dual task. That's what we talked about before, meaning there was less... um, So when you're dual tasking, it's kind of like walking and talking. So they were able to walk and talk more easily than somebody who didn't practice movement with music. And it can sort of mitigate or attenuate, slow down that change with aging, the difficulty with dual tasking. They also found it reduced falls and the risk of falling and performance under single task conditions. This is a big deal, and this is sort of a breakthrough in fall prevention coming from Switzerland. But it's coming to a university near you. (laughs) That's right. Somebody, Lisa Parker, I believe, brought this to Boston seven years ago. They also have a eurythmics program at Carnegie Mellon in Pittsburgh. But we have a brilliant researcher right here in San Diego at Cal State San Marcos named Hyun Gu Kang. And he's a member of our fall prevention task force that I work with. And he's bringing music with movement to Cal State San Marcos. So I would encourage you, if you're interested in learning about music with movement and being part of the pioneering group of older adults in the U.S. who are starting to do this, you can contact them at Cal State University San Marcos Kinesiology Department and find out about this. It's Monday and Thursday from 2 to 3 p.m. 14 classes. And actually, the bonus with this is that the pianist that leads the music for you to move to is his wife. And she's a, uh, a Dalcros Eurythmics teacher. So it's a, it's a beautiful offering they have for our community. How many of you have seen a physical therapist to address problems with walking and balancing? Yeah. So physical therapy has a huge body of evidence behind what we do in reducing fall risk. And so I would encourage you, if you're hesitant to start an exercise program that I've just mentioned, or you're not sure what's safe for you or how to do it, or you have recently had a surgery, or if you've recently been in the hospital, or you've had a fall, or you have pain, you can access physical therapists that can get you started on the right program for you. You can access a physical therapist through direct access. That's how people find me. They contact me directly. Or you can get a referral from your doctor to physical therapy. This is basically why I'm so interested in this topic because this is where my personal life and my professional life come together with this information. 80% of patients with falls of unknown cause had symptoms of vestibular dysfunction. That's the inner ear balance system. It's estimated that one out of three, I'm sorry, 30, 35% of U.S. adults over 40, I believe, have an inner ear problem. And those who have symptoms of an inner ear problem are 12 t- and, and our older adults are 12 times more likely to fall. Those who have an inner ear problem that has not been diagnosed are still six times more likely to fall. I'm sorry, not that it's not been diagnosed, that it's not showing up as a complaint of dizziness. So people with an inner ear problem that are complaining of dizziness and are older, 12 times more likely to fall. People with an inner ear problem that are not complaining of dizziness, those are the ones I find, they have undiagnosed inner ear problems, they're still six times more likely to fall. So this is a big deal, and my proposal to our country and to our healthcare system is that all geriatric providers learn how to screen for this. And that's why I've started teaching courses for healthcare providers. And if you know a physical therapist you think might want to learn this, please take them my flyer. I have it over here on the table. If you're having symptoms of dizziness, vertigo, or imbalance, or even unexplained repeated falls, and you've done physical therapy, you've done the traditional route, 
I would encourage you to still continue to seek out a consultation from a vestibular specialist who can look at your inner ear. And you can find one at vestibular.org, which is the Vestibular Disorders Association. This is another option. Yeah. I was going to ask whether are there within the ear. Yes. I love that. Thank you. Her question is, are there anatomical changes that occur within the inner ear with age? And the answer is absolutely yes. And that's what I'd love to talk to you about when we have a discussion on dizziness. But the biggest one, the biggest one is the most common vestibular disorder is called BPPV. That's benign paroxysmal positional vertigo. And that is very common in older adults. In fact, the uh, American Academy of Otolaryngologists that wrote guidelines on how to treat that condition, they say all older adults should be screened for it because of its prevalence and its contribution to falls. And that is the foundation of my work, that statement right there, that all older adults should be screened for BPPV specifically and inner ear, other inner ear problems. Yes, absolutely. But it's not a standard of care currently in geriatric medicine. And I think that's where us practicing in silos, having different specialists that do different things, that's where we're falling apart. So I'm proposing a marriage between geriatric providers and vestibular providers, that we create a bridge between the two and that all geriatric providers are empowered to at least screen for inner ear problems and make referrals if they don't know how to treat it. But when a patient has undiagnosed BPPV, they're usually given a, a vestibular suppressant medication for that, which can increase their fall risk and can cause dementia with long-term use sometimes in some cases. So that's part of what my passion, that's part of what drives my passion. So let's have another conversation about that in more detail. This is another thing I want to mention that's a little bit more outside the box of the Western medical model. This was sort of the final step for me in improving my balance, was that my upper cervical bones, the, muscle, the bone right below my skull and my spine, was out of alignment, and that was putting a weird tweak on my brain and my brain stem that was affecting my balance. So these, this NUCA, what it says up here, is the National Upper Cervical Chiropractic Association, they are not just your average chiropractors that just graduated from school. These are guys that have specialty training in balance and in um, balancing the bone specifically that's right below our skull that is a huge impact on our balance and our dizziness. So if you've kind of gone to the end of the Western medical model and you're still struggling with this, like I was, I would suggest for you to find a NUCA chiropractor to just get evaluated and see. For me, just getting my uh, upper cervical bone corrected was the final step to being able to live a life with only intermittent episodes of dizziness and balance problems, but not having that be a standard feeling I had. So what we're seeking to do here, and what I hope to do for this community and to empower you tonight, for San Diego County to have healthy, active, independent older adults. And that's why I'm here. And that's why I've been volunteering as a co-chair of this task force for a long time. <laughs> and I hope that, you, that this inspires all of you to start taking some action for yourselves. I'm going to give you a little bit of an overview right now. We only have a couple minutes till we're going to start taking more questions, but I'm going to give you an overview of what our task force has done in this community and what resources we have for you. So we have an educational handout. You can prevent falls. We give this out to senior centers when we do talks. And we have trained a speakers bureau to go out in the community and give talks. So if you're part of a group of older adults somewhere and you want to talk, someone to come talk on fall prevention, contact us and we'll send a speaker out for your group that will bring these handouts. And I have a huge stack of these over here today for you.
We've made videos because we know some people need to watch a video and they're not, it's not as easy for them to learn by reading. So we have videos that are in English, one 30-minute English video, one 10-minute English video, and three public service announcements. We've also made a 14-minute Spanish video. We created a website for you called sandiegofallprevention.org. I'd love for you to check it out. We have a lot of resources on there. And we have a resource guide, which is a list of local providers that provide fall prevention-related services that you can access. We created a toolkit for providers because we're trying to educate healthcare providers as well as the general public. And so this toolkit has information for providers and exercises. All of those resources are available on our website, by the way. I have some videos here for you today to take. But also, if you go on our website, those videos are all streaming live. We got together with the County Television Network, and myself and my public health partner, Kristen Smith, wrote a script that summarizes all the evidence on fall prevention that we had up until that point, which was about five years ago now. And we made this video on YouTube called Fall Prevention for Clinicians. It's seven minutes long, and it's a great summary of a lot of the things I've talked with you about tonight. That's available for healthcare providers. So if you find a healthcare provider that says, I want to know about falls, what do I do? Send them to this video. With Dr. Eric McDonald, who's now the um, Medical Director of Epidemiology and Immunization for San Diego, I published an article in the San Diego Physician Magazine. This was back in like 2008 or 2009, so that we could let the physicians in San Diego know what we're doing here, so they can start adding our information to their practice. Along with the California Physical Therapy Association and then myself volunteering my time, our task force has launched a class for physical therapists called the Ethics of Fall Prevention. And we've had over 150 local physical therapists come through our classes, and we're teaching them what I taught you tonight in a lot more detail for what they need to know on their side of the fence. And we're asking them what the barriers are to effective fall prevention. And a lot of them are saying money, knowledge, and time. So just so you know, that's what providers are dealing with. Their lack, lack of resources, lack of time, and lack of knowledge, some of them. Some of them, not all of them. So that's what we're trying to give these resources to the providers so they don't have to spend a lot of time seeking them out. This year I published my first national article called How Can We Slow the Number of Deaths from Falls in Older Adults? And if you want more details about like the BPPV that I just mentioned and how it impacts falls, you can get those here. It's a multi-briefs exclusive. This is some information about the work we've done with community health screenings. But I think in the interest of time, what I'd like to let you know is that when we did screenings in the community, we've screened a couple hundred people, and about 30 to 40% of them have taken that information back to their doctor. So we're really doing well with helping to identify people at risk and empowering them to talk to their doctor about it. We were awarded funding in San Diego for evidence-based programs for fall prevention. Now, this is where it gets exciting for other options for exercise. So tune in here. We have something called the Stepping On Program. This is actually not an exercise-specific program, but it's an educational program that addresses the multifactorial causes of falls, and it's seven weeks long. It's really amazing. It's offered by Tri-City Medical Center for free. And you just have to call them and register. They have someone that will come to your home to do a safety assessment. And they have a follow-up 
get-together session with everyone that did the program three months later, and then they'll follow up and call you six months later to just see how you're doing. So this is at Tri-City Medical Center. It's called Stepping On. We also have Tai Chi, Moving for Better Balance. Remember what I talked about with moving the head and the body? This is an excellent way of doing this, and we just got more state funding to implement more sites. So we have... Where? I don't know all the sites off the top of my head. It's Balboa Park. Yes. Thank you. You know better than I do. I don't know all the sites off the top of my head, but if you go to um, either healthierlivingsd.org or sandiegofallprevention.org, you can find the information there. We have a Feeling Fit Club in San Diego. Yay! Yay! You go to that? Oh, I love it! And uh, we have this on the County Television Network channel at 8 a.m. and 1 p.m. Monday through Friday. You can do the exercises seated or standing. And even seated exercise once a week has been shown to reduce the risk of falling. Yes, it's on television. Yeah, so there are, there are sites all over the county. If you want to go socialize and get together with people to exercise in a group, you can go to the Feeling Fit site, actually, and socialize with people and exercise together. But if you're not able to go, you can watch it in the privacy of your own home. And they're streaming them on the county television network at 8 a.m. and 1 p.m., Monday through Friday. And then you can also contact the county health and human services agency and ask for a DVD copy They'll send you DVDs of this. And I've even heard a rumor they still have VHS tapes. So you can call them at 1-800-510-2020. And they'll send you an exercise band if you want to get started. Or you can just show up at any of the sites or turn on your television. This is a great option for you. So this is what uh, we're seeking to do. And this is what I've been focusing on for the last 10 years of my career here in San Diego. When I first uh, took over the leadership position as the co-chair of the task force, I think we had about 50 people on the task force, maybe less. And when I saw the magnitude of this problem, thousands and thousands and thousands of people falling every year in this county, I knew we needed to have a comprehensive network. And so I've sought out individuals from all the different healthcare systems in San Diego, and we now have a couple hundred people involved in this effort. From all the different health systems in San Diego County, we have membership and support, I'm pleased to say. Okay, thank you all so much. It's been a real pleasure to talk with you. You've been listening to a podcast by University of California Television. For more information about this program or UCTV, visit us online at uctv.tv.